Hey everyone, and welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to next year's Oscars. I'm Sophia Simonello. And I'm Nick Rookrout. And today we have a great episode planned for you. Just in time for spooky season, we are doing a horror movie fantasy draft. I love October because all I watch are scary movies, and this year has been no exception. I've watched... (laughs) more movies than I could probably ever dream of. October is not even halfway over yet. Right. I've just been re-watching them, having them on a loop to the point where <laughs> I need to find some happy things to watch, I think. I've seen lots of new movies and old movies just to make sure that they were actually good, depending on how long it's been since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I've also been desensitized a little bit to certain things, especially in older movies. Oh, yeah. So we'll probably hit the 100 movie mark, I'm sure, throughout this pod of just like different movies we talk about, which is exciting. Right. I've realized, too, that I almost became more stressed out, not about the movies that I wouldn't pick or get on my team, but like the movies that the two of us wouldn't mention because there are so many. I'm like, I want to make sure we cover our bases. Yeah, I totally agree. I made a huge spreadsheet of, I don't even know how many movies. I haven't seen all of them, but some people had mentioned like, oh, you have to talk about this. So I'll try to get to everything by the end of the month. So before we get into the rules that we have for the draft, let's just talk broadly about why we love horror so much. This is such a polarizing genre because either people love it or hate it. And it's the first thing I recommend, especially before Halloween. And it's such a finicky genre because there's a fine line between when movies are either really good or just really, really bad. But even in the (laughs) bad category, it's like, are they aware of themselves or are they not? And it's just like really bad. It's definitely hit or miss as a category, but I absolutely love when they get it right. I love to be scared. I love feeling like I want to crawl out of my skin. And Mm -hmm. every year I say to myself like, oh, like what could come next? Because I feel like everything's been done and then something else comes and it's so exciting. I, I love to live in that world. I do too. And I think horror movies have been such a valuable entry point to cinema for me. They have introduced me, I think, to so many different directors, eras, filmmaking techniques, and I'm just so grateful to the genre for that. My parents are huge horror movie fans, so I watched a lot of them. We'll talk through the podcast, I'm sure, about ones that I watched as a child that I shouldn't have, ones that I've revisited now in adulthood that I'm just like shocked by completely. Mm -hmm. But I think that one thing I love about horror is that there is this forbidden quality to them where you feel like, oh, is this something that I should be watching, something I shouldn't be seeing, even as an adult? And I love when these horror movies contain elements that are true to life and totally plausible. And that just makes it even scarier when you can envision yourself in that situation. And I think, too, they're just so much fun. I love to be scared. And what's extra creepy about horror movies is that some of them are even true stories. And could this actually happened to me like twice over so yeah I feel that yeah and you talked about too how you know there's this fine line between what makes a good horror movie good and what makes a bad horror movie bad I think going back to some of the earlier films in the 70s and 80s say and how they implemented like the handheld camera and how Mm -hmm. modern horror films have kind of brought that back in a way that I almost thought that that was only new to horror cinema but it's really been around forever having a really good score i think just amplifies everything that's happening i think the most iconic score is from halloween i mean even jaws if you want to put that up there and it's these simple scores Mm -hmm. but they're terrifying and they eat at you and they can still have different renditions of them and you know what it is or what's about to happen Right. I think that's so true. And they're so haunting. And you have very simple scores, like the one John Carpenter made himself for Halloween to the iconic like Bernard Herrmann scores for like Psycho and Hitchcock movies. Mm -hmm. And they just stay with you and you hear them and you are right back in that moment when you were watching a character go down a dark hallway that they shouldn't have been. (laughs) And then playing off that, you get jump scares, and those have to be placed at the right time and kind of in the right way. Do you have any other tropes or you know, things in scary movies that you like or especially scared by? Yeah. In revisiting some of the older or like more classic horror movies, I love more avant-garde editing. 
I think that that's a really unique way that some horror directors choose to tell the story. And I think with new horror movies, what makes those great, the really good ones, are that they honor the classics. You can see the director's influences, but they're not derivative. But I also love the fun, campy, wild ones too. And so with that fine line, what are some things that take you out of the movie or Mm -hmm. that you hate or think are overdone in the genre there are a couple of things the first and the biggest one is that you have to feel for the characters in most cases for these movies to work the types of horror movies i like they have strong character development they're very character driven they aren't just these idiots plopped in a field somewhere who get killed sometimes it works that way and it's fine i also really a pet peeve of mine i think with some horror movies is when the screenwriter or director tries to explain things too much and they don't let you work it out for yourself. I think too if the director isn't creating and relieving tension in the right way I struggle Mm -hmm. with that. So a bad script can really get me. You mentioned ditzy characters which I think plays into that too where if they're just looking to get killed basically it's Mm kind of silly. (laughs) I love the movies where the main character kind of fits that stereotypical potentially stupid vibe but then they come Mm -hmm. back and they just destroy everything in his or her path Mm -hmm. I love that so much and then something else that bothers me is when there's not a full story and they just drag it out and there's basically no plot for the second half until the ending and they're just kind of biding time until they can get to a conclusion (laughs) and like reach a full 80 90 minute runtime yeah there were some where it was like so good for the first hour-ish and then I lost it because it wasn't as realistic potentially or nothing happened for the remainder of the film. I feel that too and I think with horror movies what's hard is that people are really passionate about them but it's really hard to make a good one and Mm -hmm. people definitely latch on to the genre and that means that you get some masterpieces and you get some duds and the duds are I think the ones that just fall apart and can't keep you the whole time. And like you said it's all about tension in the right place and evoking emotion and you want to feel enough for the characters but also when they either die unexpectedly or things happen unexpectedly that can change things too and I love how certain filmmakers will do this and every time it happens I never expect it which is what Mm -hmm. I want going in I think when you're like us and you've seen so many you always think like oh I'm never going to be surprised I'm not going to be scared I've been to this rodeo before yeah (laughs) But then it happens and it's great. But most times it doesn't. Sadly, yeah. But I still hold out hope. Do we have any coming the rest of this year? Do you know? The one I really want is St. Maude. Yes. The A24 one. That's like right up my alley. But it's such a mystery as most A24 releases are these days of that. And I remember Candyman is supposed to come out around this time. And I did want to watch that one. And Halloween Kills, of course, too. Delayed. But I think that like we talked about on one of our VOD episodes that horror movies actually really work in that home environment on streaming. So I hope that we can get some more this year. We just had Possessor come out, which is on streaming right now. And that was pretty good. That's Cronenberg, right? Son Cronenberg. Yeah. Right. Brandon. Brandon, Yeah. Yeah. I need to watch it still. That was intense. So let's get into the draft. We'll go through the rules, talk about the categories, and then we'll get started. This is going to be pretty similar to our awards draft pod. The first rule, when it's your turn, you have complete control of the board and your pick can be in any category. You also have to specify what category you're picking the film for, because as you'll see, there will be a lot of overlap between categories. Once our turn starts, we have 60 seconds to make a selection. Because I went first in the award season fantasy draft, (laughs) Nick will go first in this draft. Bless. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so nervous for what you're going to (laughs) pick. Once a movie is picked, it cannot be used in another category. Sequels or remakes are fair game. So if... Scream is gone. You can pick any of the sequels, Texas Chainsaw, any reboot. And we are each going to pick one movie per category, and we have two wildcard picks that are allowable in any category. So the categories are pre-1950s, 1970s, 1990s, and the 21st century, psychological, slasher, and paranormal. Monster creature, zombie undead, international comedy and or camp, demonic possession, witch cult, occult, and 
remake or a sequel? Some of these for me are tough because, again, there's a fine line between them, and I feel like they overlap as well. Mm -hmm. So I think we both had a lot of trouble in picking, like, where do we want this because we want this here and Mm -hmm. but what if we don't get that you know it's a lot of moving around which is a tough thing in my outline that I made I have like my list and then it's like if taken first save for here (laughs) (laughs) like so many random little notes that's so smart I started just highlighting and then by the end I have like three or four highlights in one category it's not helpful oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) okay so you have control of the board What are you going to take? I think you know what I'm going to (laughs) take. You have to guess. Do I? Well, I don't know if you're going to take something because you don't want me to have it or because it's your favorite. Well, you know I have to start there so you don't take it. Okay. What are you taking? (laughs) I'm taking hereditary for the witch cult occult (laughs) category. (laughs) You knew I had to. If I didn't, you were going to. So I was. I Yeah, I was. That's totally fair. This is just potentially my favorite horror film of all time. Like I said in the intro... Totally unexpected, 30 minutes in, an hour in, an hour and a half in, iconic lines, the cast is great, every (laughs) single part of this film, and then the fact that it's Ari Aster's directorial debut. Everything fit together so perfectly. He is, I think, the defining new voice in horror for the 2010s, and this is a great pick. You're right, I would have (laughs) taken it. Tony Collette and Dowd. Okay, you are up. Okay, so this will be a snake draft, so I will have picks two and three. And then we'll go back and I'll have two and so on. Okay, Nick. (laughs) Do you like scary movies? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) In the comedy category, I will be selecting Scream, Uh, the 1996 Wes Craven masterpiece. (laughs) Interesting that you picked the comedy category. I think it works so well as a campy or comedic horror because it's totally self-aware of how it pokes fun at different horror stereotypes, has so many interesting characters and quotes, and it talks about horror movies that we know in, I think, a really fascinating way. Mm -hmm. And it also, I mean, the ghost face mask is iconic as well. Very true. Okay, go ahead. Second pick. So my second pick, I think is the most groundbreaking horror movie in the slasher category. I will be taking Halloween. Okay. The 1978 John Carpenter. The original. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. The original. It's an incredible story. It was made on a $300,000 budget, made $47 million. The score, as we mentioned before, is incredible. feels very homemade, but iconic. And I saw this movie in theaters, and it just took my breath away. That wasn't the first time that I'd seen it, but I really went back to that point where I thought, like, if I was a high school student in the 70s watching this thing, I would be terrified. Mm -hmm. I still am when I watch it. It still works for me in the way that it did when I first saw it. I truly saw it for the first time this week. and Really? Yeah. Wow. I thought I had seen it before, but I think I was, like, too young to Mm -hmm. enjoy the slow burn. But when I watched it, I was terrified. The score, the mask... And then all the jump scares of Michael behind the couch or the anticipation of when he's stalking the friend and she goes out to do her laundry, but still nothing happens. And then she comes back to the house and then that is so well done. I love when a movie can make you feel terrified in the daytime. Mm Mm-hmm. And when they're walking home from school and they just see him like behind the hedge. Oh my God, it's so scary. (laughs) Okay, so my next pick, I'm going psychological. It will be maybe my other favorite horror film, The Shining. Oh no, God. (laughs) Man, okay, you got the Kubrick. Why are you so upset? I'm upset because of the Steadicam. I mean, that is just, I think, revolutionary in horror, specifically with The Shining. Mm -hmm. So the inventor of the Steadicam, Garrett Brown, worked with Kubrick on the set of The Shining. So those scenes with the big wheel when Danny's riding and you hear that noise as they're going over the carpet and onto the hardwood floor. Also, it's, it's a haunted house movie on a grander scale. I mean, from the title sequence, as you're panning over the forest, getting to the Overlook Hotel, and the song is playing, that is just such an iconic scene. And the cinematography is great. The shots of the Overlook, the colors in the hotel, you have the twins, everything from that to the bathroom scene with Mr. Grady. I mean, I haven't watched this in a while. And the fact that I remember all of these things and names Mm -hmm. means something. (laughs) 
And Shelley Duvall and Jack Nicholson are both just like operating at an 11 the whole time. Yeah. It's shot chronologically. It's great. Now your next pick, like really don't take it from me. <laughs> You're like ready to pounce. Well, you already have it. You technically like have a remake of it. So I just like don't get why you would need the same movie twice. Well, you're thinking of the wrong one that I'm going to take, but I will also not take that because we'll see. Okay. <laughs> okay. This, this is my one nice move. But All right, I'm you're, scared. You're not going to like this either. For Demonic Possession, I will be taking The Conjuring. Okay. That is a good one and was on my list. <laughs> <laughs> That was my other pick for another category, so I just, I need to reassess my strategy I know. a little I, bit. Some categories are blank now. It's like, I need to yeah. go back. Yes, they are. They're blank. <laughs> the Conjuring was probably one of the better modern horror films that brought back basically The Exorcist and started this new series for James Wan, which inspired Insidious and all of these other Mm -hmm. films, Annabelle and even The Nun. So it's like it was such an important spark in this genre that I had to pick it. When I saw The Conjuring in theaters, I went with my whole family and the second it started and I just saw that like retro font, I looked over at my mom and said, I want to leave now. (laughs) And I really, again, don't spook easily, but this one is scary. It's so spooky. Okay, you are up. Okay, well, I have to take take it because I narrowly escaped. So I just have to do it now. In the psychological category, I will be taking Rosemary's Baby, my favorite horror movie. Thank you for letting me have it. Because I know that you could have taken it earlier. Rewatched it again this morning. Just as impactful as it always has been for me. I was very moved by it. I talked earlier about how you have to really feel for the characters. And I think that you just Mm -hmm. really feel for Rosemary and everything that she's going through. And the control and lack of control that she has in her pregnancy. And John Cassavetes looks amazing in every frame. (laughs) So we talked about Rosemary's Baby on a really early episode. Yeah, we did. I know we've talked about it before. Only other thing I'll add is that Ruth Gordon, of course, won Best Supporting Actress Amazing for playing Minnie Castavets. My next pick. I'm going to go retro again in the demonic possession category. I'm taking the queen of demonic possession movies, The Exorcist. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Were you scared? scared? <laughs> I'm so scared. I don't know why. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I think I knew you would also take that, so I kind of veered away from it. Okay. I've also never seen it all the way through. What? I know, right? Oh my god. You really do have to watch it. I think that it's not my favorite. The Shining, Halloween, and Rosemary's Baby. It's my one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. All already off the board. But I think that The Exorcist, I mean, it shook the world. It was nominated for Best Picture. It broke box office records. The stories from the set of Friedkin and how he was directing are yeah. insane. You definitely need to watch it. It's an experience. I've seen parts. I'm just worried like all of the older films I've seen and how some of them just don't age well and aren't that scary. I'm, I'm worried that it's not going to actually terrify me as some others have and that it you know it doesn't necessarily hold up even though it's mm-hmm. one of the most iconic names in horror cinema. There are some things in it that if it were made today it could have looked better the special effects but I think when you watch it try to put yourself back in what it would have been like to go see this in a theater before you'd really seen anything like this before because that's true I mean it's also just gross the DC setting is also great I visit the exorcist steps (laughs) they're not too far from where I live every Halloween so I need to go walk by soon All right, you're up. So I'm going to go with 1970s. Ooh, my decade. (laughs) Yeah, I thought you were going to be all over this first. But this is also a movie I saw for the first time this week. It's the original Dario Gento's Suspiria. Fun. Okay. I did like it a lot. It is such a visual film that you're just so transfixed the whole time. All of these strong, bright colors that really help create this mystical and really just spooky atmosphere of this Mm -hmm. ballet academy. And all of the characters, I don't want to spoil this part, but there's a scene in the school where everyone screams and they like look up at the ceiling. That was, I was Mm -hmm. entirely grossed out. I cannot deal with that. Yeah, no, I also can't. (laughs) Luca Guadagnino's remake, Suspiria, still up for grabs. So 
I mean, mm-hmm. it is. we can go for it. And I think it's more of a companion piece to this than a remake because it does expand a lot on these original ideas that kind of go in a different way at first, which I like. I like that it's more like an expanded world than just like a I'm doing this better or remaking this for like the modern day. Pretty much. And I think, too, picking a Jalo film, that's great, too, for the 70s. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched this Suspiria in a long time, but now I definitely want to revisit it soon. And it just made me really want to go back and watch some of his other films. I started Deep Red. Oh, yeah. Deep Red is on Shudder. Okay. I'm going to go with Paranormal and pick It Follows. You are screwing me so hard oh my God, on this you were 21st pick century. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, that's my other blank category now, but... Oh, I wanted fine. to save it. Okay. There are so many new ones. I was going to take it. Oh, good. Okay. Good job. We saw this together. Like one Did of the few really? good movies wow. we've seen together. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ryan was with us. Wow. This is so long ago. I thought this was just incredible. Like a truly terrifying indie, almost campy idea that mm-hmm. really does just an amazing job with being aware of itself. The premise is so strange, but it's also so clever that you think, like, how has this not been done before? Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways it, it has when you think about disease-based horror movies. I also love that it doesn't have a clear time period that you're following the characters around in. Like, it could be modern day. It could be a throwback. The music is yeah. really interesting. I was really scared of this. And, like, the final shot is amazing. I think it's terrifying because it not only plays on, like, real life fears it's not like this like actually could happen where this supernatural force is going to follow you around forever but again it made me look over my shoulder at the end so i was very impressed i loved it completely people who don't like it i just don't agree with i feel the same way okay those are my two you're up okay in the 1990s category from 1999 so just making it in (laughs) The Blair Witch Project. Another classic. I'm going with a lot of like, I think, staples Mm -hmm. and classics. The main reason I picked it, it's the beginning of found footage horror. Mm -hmm. And I think it's still the best we've seen in that category. I don't think I've seen anything as good as that. And again, similar to The Exorcist, it really started this craze when it came out. Everyone was talking about it. This may have been the beginning, but I think Paranormal Activity did a good job. I don't think you agree, but I think... I'm just too scared of it. It just isn't for me. (laughs) But I think that just speaks further on how well it did. So I think that's another good instance of found footage. And then also VHS. I've talked about this before on the pod. I think Mm -hmm. these are all great. Like Mm -hmm. handheld and found footage... It's funny that you bring up paranormal activity because my next pick in the paranormal category is paranormal activity. Okay. Wow. Both of those. I'm surprised. So if a movie really is too scary for me, I have to pay attention to it and maybe choose it. And I needed some new ones on my list. And again, this one, I think it's successful in what it's trying to do. It's funny. Your picks, especially every time you say one, I think of the scene like in Scary Movie that I know. So like Blair Witch, you have the booger in screen. You have so many in screen, just like the movie theater. It's funny how well Scary Movie has like captured horror in this camp Mm -hmm. comedy genre so i'm gonna go with the 90s now and i don't think i'll be picking either of these which kind of makes me sad but i absolutely love i know what you did last summer it's a great slasher like it's just Mm -hmm. amazing and the sequel too i still know what you did last summer i still love that i think they're great in kind of what scream does but like i said i'm not picking that i will be picking silence of the lambs Oh, okay. So this is interesting only because I don't think of Silence of the Lambs as horror. I'm one of those people. Okay. I think it definitely has horror elements, but I accept the pick. Okay. I think kind of where I faltered in some of my picks, it's like, is this horror or does it count if I feel terrified during like certain sequences? And I think having Hannibal Lecter as this villain is just so iconic, but also Buffalo Bill where he traps these people in his basement and mm-hmm. the end sequence with the night vision, it's like those are so, so unsettling. 
It's so scary. This was also interesting. I hadn't seen this also until like a week or two ago, but this is talked about in the documentary Disclosure on Netflix because they talk about Buffalo Bill as this trans character, or at least who is dressing up as a woman and trying to literally put on a woman's skin and how it was such like a bad depiction for trans people because this was one of the only instances of them on screen. So it's like them being Mm -hmm. categorized as this like only a serial killer in a very negative way. But I think it's interesting to think about the psychological aspect of it too. This movie in general could fit into multiple categories because it also plays on so many different types of horror for me. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's definitely one of those that I always put in the psychological thriller category, but it definitely works as a horror movie. I know that it's been called the only horror film to win Best Picture, Mm -hmm. so we'll count it there. It won five Oscars. It won picture, actor, actress, director, and writing. Yeah. One of the big three, which we've also talked about, so this has come up in multiple ways. Okay, so my 21st century category was completely messed up but i just figured out this movie is from 2003 and i will be putting it here okay which is the texas chainsaw massacre remake with jessica biel what (laughs) so i know you watch this i need to know what you think about it so you were you were so kind to me by saving rosemary's baby um so i'm gonna try to be kind But did you just have to be there in 2003 to see it? Oh my god. Every time I watch this movie, I scream. I'm terrified. I can't watch. I think every scene is just not well. They are unwell. I will say that. (laughs) But like from the pig factory right and then the very end with the found footage and the hook it's like all of these things I don't know maybe it's just what I love to see in a horror movie but especially in terms of the remakes like this came out around the House of Wax remake all of these Mm -hmm. other ones that didn't do quite well and I love to watch this all the time this is actually perfect if we segue into my next pick okay because for the 1970s, I will be selecting the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> the original, okay. <laughs> the, the original, directed by Toby Hooper in 1974. I love the original. One thing I think the two have in common is that they're both kind of relentless. But, I mean, there are tons of things that I love about the original. But one thing I really love is the daylight. Everything's just golden and bright. It's just so much more unsettling. It feels hot and grimy and dirty and humid. And this one, the remake, I was, like, squinting to see what was happening. It was so dark and gray. And I really wasn't clear on the time period. I think I was confused because I thought... And it looks like the early 2000s. But are they supposed to be in the 70s? Because Jessica Biel has like a low rise skirt on and like a crop top tank top with a bra on, which is something you'd wear in 2003. Well, this isn't the last remake of this iconic true story, which is insane. There are a ton. I don't think I saw anything that came after this. There was a McConaughey one, and that was in the 90s. Have you I seen that one? I definitely didn't see that. Okay. I haven't seen the beginning. I think, too, with the 70s version, there's so many things. I, again, don't want to spoil if you haven't seen it, but the sequence when they're all sitting at the table and Leatherface when he's outside spinning with the chainsaw above his mm-hmm. head. Oh, Terrifying. my God. I think it's in the conversation for greatest of all time. Like, it's up there. If someone made the argument that it was the best, I would I would not fight them on it. So that, I think, is why the remake is hard. Okay. I'll have to rewatch. I don't remember loving it, but this was also, again, a long time ago. So Oh, I, so you've seen it and you like the Jessica Biel one better. I think I've seen it, yes. I'm just so terrified every time I see it. Mm-hmm. It's like, even though I know what's coming, it still makes me feel as scared as I did the first time. And wow. usually that doesn't happen. So it's like, okay, this is something. I just looked up all of the Texas Chainsaws, at least on IMDb. Uh-huh. There are like nine renditions and sequels, but there's one that, that's filming in production with Elsie Fisher. <laughs> like eighth grade Elsie Fisher. <laughs> yeah. Another reboot. Like, uh. There's so many. Okay, my second pick, I'm going international. Okay, fun. And I will be taking another 90s movie, Audition. Okay. The Takashi Miike Mm -hmm. disgusting movie. (laughs) Completely gruesome. Ugh, yeah. The bag 
That's all I'm going to say. The bag. The needles. Like, Ugh. the saw. The, oh my god. Mm-hmm. I think the East is so good at horror and just film in general. We can talk about Japanese and Korean films. Mm-hmm. But they're just on another level. This in itself is just so unique. It's hard to talk about. Yeah, it is. And part of the reason why I picked it is because I wanted to talk about Japanese horror and mm-hmm. how important it is and how influential it is on American filmmaking in the horror genre and outside of it. I love how it is really deceptive and the beginning creates this false sense of security for what kind of story it's going to be. And then it just totally turns. Mm-hmm. I was reading about it and apparently when Audition came out, at film festivals there were tons of walkouts and one of the screenings where the director was there a woman started heckling him at the film festival calling him a sick man oh my god during the screening yeah i believe it it influenced tarantino eli roth if you haven't watched it you've been warned i did watch another japanese film recently it's house by Obayashi, mm-hmm. the 1977. I haven't seen that one yet. I've seen the Criterion cover art for this so mm-hmm. frequently. I was like, I have yeah. to watch this. I don't know how I haven't yet. It's very visual and it uses a lot of effects. And I think uh-huh. at times it really shows that it's a 1977 film. I could see a reboot of this being done and it just being completely bonkers. But I will say it's like a very original idea and how it's done is cool. So you're so right about that cover art i feel like i've seen it everywhere so i need to just watch it all right you're up okay i'm gonna go with monster creature another list that has a billion choices i'm gonna go with the descent oh that's a good one yeah which is the 2005 film about a group of women who go spelunking through this cave and they end up getting lost and eventually finding these beings that live in the cave and they have to fight them off there's some gruesome scenes in there but like a really fantastic conclusion there was a sequel again i don't know if i saw that but the original is great it's good i think it's one of the better new ones so briefly in this category i watched sleepy hollow last night the one with johnny depp and christina ritchie i haven't seen that in so long like maybe since like high school i hadn't seen it before a lot of these just snuck by me but directed by tim burton cinematography by lubezki what yeah and then produced by francis ford coppola and it shows it is very beautiful to watch like the set it it had three oscar nominations and it won for set direction so lubezki even got a nomination for this and then colleen atwood for costume design everything is so well done in it this was close so my next pick will be in the remake sequel category you took this original from me but i will be putting in scream four okay and my pick (laughs) i was like what are you gonna put here i think this series i love this one yeah we're (laughs) we're getting we know we're getting five soon well soon is relative now but it's just an incredible series and even the lower points are still iconic and Mm -hmm. so much fun and i think scream 4 is almost like a reboot of it and takes it in a little bit of a new way in this millennial age Mm -hmm. and i love the cast i love the ideas and the the new scares that we get that's a good pick it's fun okay for zombie undead i'm going to take my favorite one in the genre that i actually watched for the first time this year night of the living dead 68 by george romero okay i think it's just groundbreaking horror amazing social commentary i highly recommend it especially for the time we're living in now with a lot of unrest it's one that really makes you think i'll leave it at that how does this one relate to dawn of the dead i've never seen dawn of the dead i get so confused between all of them that i i don't know which one i've seen anymore so that's his next one zombie ones don't do it for me no in the way that other horror genres do it's not my favorite but i will say like train to busan is a really good entry in this category Mm -hmm. and then wreck rec which had a few sequels as well that's a really good one both of those still up for grabs if you want to pick them (laughs) Um, train to busan's on netflix and it's really good. That was in my international category, too. Yeah. Um, I will be taking from 1973 in the witch, cult, occult category, The Wicker Man. Mm, a great one. The original, not amazing Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I will say there is a striking difference in Rotten Tomato scores for both of these. And <laughs> I'm not sure I even want to go down and watch the remake. <laughs> 
I've never seen it, the Nicolas Cage version, but I think this one, it's a really good faux core. It's a clear influence on Ari Aster's Midsommar. Mm-hmm. And I love this idea that comes up in it, which is that you have someone who thinks they know better, happens to also be a member of law enforcement who discovers this culture he doesn't understand and wants to put his rules on it. Yeah. And Christopher Lee and others do not take kindly to it. One, Christopher Lee is in numerous of these movies that I've watched in preparation mm-hmm. for today. I knew he was in a lot of things, but it's funny that he stuck to horror for a little bit. Mm-hmm. He has that look. Um, if you don't know who this is, you will know him probably best from Lord of the Rings. But this is like young Christopher Lee. And he's Count Dooku in the Star Wars. I quickly realized that this was basically Midsommar happening. But even at mm-hmm. the end, I was still shook. I was like, why did yeah. I not see this coming? I guess I was just surprised by how floored I was from the ending, which was great. The ending is really good. Okay, well, I'm glad you veered because a lot of mine are safe. This is such like a funny draft because we, we have our own very clear lanes. Yeah, we do. But that also means you took all of my 21st century <laughs> options, pretty much. There is another one. It's called Overlord. Have you seen this? No, I've heard of it. And I remember when it came out, I remember seeing the trailer and I was not interested. It seems like it could be this one that's like, oh, you know, it's whatever. I loved this mm-hmm. movie. So you need to watch it. Really? It's really good. Okay, I'll watch it. I'm going to add it to my list. Because this is J.J. Abrams. There are some great twists, some great shots. There's like an amazing mm-hmm. tracking shot that happens. Okay, so I'm going to secure these. I'm going pre-1950s. I know what you're going to pick. I'm surprised we haven't talked about Hitchcock yet. He has a few pre-1950s. I don't know about the 70s. I was going to say, that's not the place, right. really. He doesn't fit in our decades, really. I would say psychological. Wild card's still there. Pre-1950s, I'm going The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari from 1920. I mean, that's yeah. that's it. I watched again this morning. Just iconic German expressionism. The sets are out of this world. I mean, it's interesting going back and watching a silent film, especially a horror film, because you rely on their expressions a lot more than what acting has become. And I think that Mm -hmm. just plays into the terror that the people feel and the scenarios that happen. The finale is scary, to say the Mm -hmm. least. I watched this in like a film class for the first time and I remember just really being struck by the shadows and how cool everything Mm -hmm. looked in the movie and I think I went into it with this just you know annoying college attitude of like this is like too early what can they do that you know, these later ones can't. And I just remember thinking it was just a really, really interesting movie that clearly defined the genre for decades. Oh, yeah. This might be known as like the first horror film ever made. Like you said, the shadows, I think the windows are incredible. And again, Mm -hmm. that speaks to like the time period, the art that was happening. And when I first saw this in film class, I was terrified. I couldn't believe I was like feeling this from mm-hmm. a film that was, I mean, I guess now it's 100 years old. Okay. That's crazy. Okay, second pick. I'm going to go Zombie Undead. I'm going to do Shaun of the Dead. What? Yeah. Okay. I have other comedy picks that I want to take. It was less about the pick <laughs> and more about the category. And like we mentioned earlier, I don't think this category is like for me. I think there are some good entries. Mm-hmm. We mentioned some, but also like 28 Days Later is great by Danny Boyle. That was my next choice. I felt like what Edgar Wright did here was so original. This whole trilogy of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End, I did not expect to love it as much as I did. And they're all great films. And I think Shaun of the Dead is just so iconic. I think a lot of films play off of it. And I'll add it to my list. I haven't seen any (laughs) of those. You haven't seen Shaun of the Dead? Are you kidding me? No. Oh my gosh. No, haven't seen it. Amazing script. I I won't say too much then, but... I'll watch it. Okay, cool. Um, Okay, for 21st century, I'm just going to take it now just in case you wanted it in Wild Card. I don't know if you do, but I am going to take Get Out. Oh, yeah. Mm, That's a good one. I'm honestly surprised. Like, you picked so many later ones. I was like, wait, are you going to take this one? This is the only one (laughs) I have left. 
<laughs> I didn't repeat all the films that could be in every category, and I don't have it written here, and mm-hmm. I kind of just passed it up. I'm upset. Yeah. So this is another one. I mean, nominated for Best Picture, Best Director for Jordan mm-hmm. Peele. He won the Screenplay Oscar. Again, another phenomenon. A theater experience I'll always remember. And I think a lot of times horror movies double as social commentaries. Those are the best horror movies, in my opinion. And this one does a great job. If you haven't seen it, I'm really surprised. Yeah. But definitely watch it. I think most people have seen this one, but just the visuals, the acting, Daniel Kaluuya is amazing. I think it only gets better with time, Mm -hmm. with each viewing and noticing little things that he did throughout. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, Okay, for Monster Creature, I'm going to stay in the 70s, my my favorite decade. (laughs) And I'm going to choose Ridley Scott's 1979 film Alien. Another one I knew you were going to pick. One of my favorites. Really? Oh, for sure. I could have taken Jaws. You still can. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Can't reveal my secrets. So Alien, I love it. It won the Visual Effects Oscar, was nominated for Art Direction, and I think that it's clearly very influential. But the reason I picked it is because I think that there's something for everyone, for fans of any type of horror. There's slow burn, there's body horror, there's sci-fi, there's gore, there's a brilliant woman in charge who no one listens to. Mm -hmm. And all of these things combined, I just, I love it. I think it's great. We've recently talked about Alien 3 with Fincher, but I don't always remember this as just a horror movie, which is great. I think it's Mm -hmm. an amazing film. It added a lot. I haven't seen this in a while. I watched one and two together, and that might have been in like college. They are great films. Okay, I'm going to take my comedy camp pick. I'm so excited. You might contest this choice. Ugh, this is tough. I'm going to go with Clue. Nick. (laughs) What? (laughs) This is not a horror movie. Ugh. Another time where I'm like actually scared at times, but it's very comedy. It's a whodunit. Like if you can pick Knives Out, can I pick Gone Girl? Zodiac? Fine, you can have Clue. I wasn't gonna pick it, so it's fine. Okay. I absolutely love this movie. I've watched it every year. I think I'm still scared when the house is dark and people are roaming around and you see hands moving in the dark and they don't show you whose face is. And I don't know, This the score is there. It's definitely way more comedy in camp, but I think that's why we have this yeah. genre. I mean, you have Cabin in the Woods and like I said, Shaun of the Dead and even Ma that are like way more horror leaning <laughs> than comedy. We had to mention it. I was waiting. I was like, is one of us going to do Wild Card and just pick Ma? I think if we pick it, we're forced to watch it this year, which I would. Oh, yeah. I kind of want to watch it. I would do like a group watching of this. Yeah, don't watch Ma alone. Watch it in a group if you're going to watch it. And then my pick for Slasher is going to be the 2018 remake of Halloween with Mm -hmm. Jimmy Lee Curtis judy greer and i cannot wait for halloween kills and halloween ends which were delayed till next year and then 2022 Mm -hmm. so what i noticed when i watched the original this week is that the title sequence is the exact same with the pumpkin and the slow zoom in Mm -hmm. which i thought was cool i think the scares are all here everything fits in the world of halloween and michael myers i don't know how he's still alive it's a little annoying, but it's fun that we keep getting these and seeing Jamie Lee Curtis as this mm-hmm. badass in this house who wants to destroy him. Yeah. We got a teaser of Halloween Kills before it was delayed, and we kind of know where it's going to go. But I've said this before, anything with Judy Greer, I love, and you don't agree. It's not that I don't agree. I just, I don't have an attachment to her that some people do, but I understand and, you know, support you in that endeavor in her life as the best friend. But I will say that I am excited for it because of Kyle Richards. So (laughs) I thought it was a great follow-up and it's my favorite follow-up of Halloween for sure. I thought it was really enjoyable and I was surprised at how fun it was and how well-made it was too. Any kind of remake or sequel with horror, you really never know what you're going to get. So, okay, in the pre-1950s category, I will be selecting from 1944 Cat People. 
Okay. Have you seen this? No, and it's on my list. It, I really want to watch it. So it's really cool. It's really good. I picked it mostly because it was Val Luton's first movie. So Val Luton, he was like the horror guy of the 1940s. Mm-hmm. So he worked at RKO and RKO wanted someone to produce horror films, much like Universal. So they were making a lot of monster films and he made Cat People, which was not that. And they were kind of like, oh, like, this isn't what we're thinking for a horror unit. But in reality, he shot this movie for practically nothing with Jacques Turner, this French director. And it ended up churning out like a 3,000% profit. It was the top moneymaker for 1942. Super interesting. Um, It's about this European woman who comes to America. And I'm not going to tell you how the cats are involved and what the whole thing with the cats (laughs) really is because i want you to watch it but very dark and shadowy a lot of style it's very cool okay great yeah i put so many films on my letterbox watch list Mm -hmm. and it got so overwhelming but this is on there i will definitely be watching in the next week or two i'm not really a cat person and maybe that's why i'm putting it off I don't know how into it you'll be, to be honest, but it's cool, I think, as a snapshot of the decade. And Mm -hmm. I think the story of what was happening at RKO and what studios were trying to do with horror. And then I'm so torn here for a remake sequel because I have mm-hmm. two in mind. And I think I'm going to just end up saving one for Wildcard. Okay. I'm going to choose for remake Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978. That was a remake? Yeah. When was the original? The original is from 1956. Okay. I've seen the original and I had seen it twice, but only realized partway through the second time that I had seen it before. Oh. <laughs> And it was not necessarily something I wanted to rewatch. Okay. Well, (laughs) the remake is great. Okay. It's really good. It's part of, so I haven't brought this up yet, but right now the Criterion channel has this incredible collection, 70s horror. For me anyway, I love it. If you want to look into the decade and what movies were like from more popular ones like Texas Chainsaw to less popular ones like Sisters, which is an early De Palma. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just a fantastic collection. And this one is part of it. I think it's just a really successful remake. I think what works is that it's not just a remake of the 50s. It speaks to the 70s type of paranoia that was going on. Hmm. And the shots are just so cool. There are so many Dutch angles. Um, Jeff Goldblum is in it. Donald Sutherland, one of my favorite horror stars. Yeah, I love it. Should we talk about him for a moment? We can, or we can wait. And how I didn't like Don't Look Now. It's so annoying. I just like... (laughs) What about Donald Sutherland don't you like? No, it's not that I don't like him. I think... I mean, he was stupid and don't look now. Like most men are. Yeah. And that to me is a poor major plot point in which like a conclusion relies on this. I feel like a good amount of horror movies have like a stupid man that ends up like not listening to people and I mean that's like the wicker man too that's fair I mean I I guess it doesn't necessarily turn me off from it but it was like okay you had that coming so I'm not surprised don't look now I really like I love Nicholas Rogue it Uh It was a very influential British film. The editing is amazing. I think it's one of the best uses of the color red in any movie ever. And it's also a portrait of grief, similar to Hereditary. And I think when you get to the end, I I mean, I find it to be sad. Yeah, it is those things. I like the use of red. I think the editing is, it borders on experimental, especially in the beginning, which is intriguing at first. And I think Venice as a backdrop is beautiful beautiful Mm -hmm. and perfect for what happens in the story but i'll leave it there so my international is going to the orphanage oh yes okay Mm -hmm. good one which i really need to rewatch, and i was trying to find it this morning and i think it's only available for renting but this is a 2007 spanish film completely horrifying it's about a woman who brings her family back to this house which was previously used as an orphanage and her son starts to like see things like supernatural and like everybody gets swept up in it this is one i haven't seen for a long time as well but Mm -hmm. has stayed with me and i just remember being completely horrifying Yeah, I haven't watched it since probably college, but I remember it being really scary. And again, with international films, they just, they go there. They really do go for it in a way that I think American filmmakers don't. Don't or can't, yeah. Okay, 
we got through all the categories. Now my wild card. There are just so many options. There are no, no restrictions. Okay, I have to. Another one that's a thriller slash very terrifying film, Black Swan. Okay. Do you allow this one? Yeah, I'll allow it. I... <laughs> Thought you were going to have it on your list for psychological, which is why I was surprised you took The Shining there. I did. Okay. A perfect film, just every second. And I think this has been widely seen. The one scene that really sticks with me and that I went through frame by frame was the dance scene in the club where the creature shows up in the shadows and like in split second instances. Mm -hmm. And if you go frame by frame, you see way more than you ever thought you could. It's very, very cool. So I love what Aronofsky does here. I mean, obviously, Natalie Portman won Best Actress for this, and it was also nominated. Mm -hmm for Best Picture, Best Directing, Cinematography for Libetique, and Editing as well, which speaks to why everything is so perfect. I mean, it's perfect. I have no no objections. I think it's just like, for me, I don't enjoy it at all. Like, I feel very unsettled by all of Aronofsky's movies in a way that I can't explain. I Mm -hmm. feel like I don't have the Aronofsky gene that makes me, like, love his movies. I just don't. But I appreciate them. I think I have that. Oh, yeah. You totally have it. I just... It's not my thing, <laughs> but I think it is. It's pretty perfect. Oh, I have to do both of my wild okay, cards. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so this stressed. I have so many. My first wild card. So despite loving Don't Look Now, I'm not going to pick it. And I'm going to pick the first movie that like really scared me to death. And that is The Ring. Ah, uh, yes. I love this. It is so scary. This was for me too. Yeah. Oh my god. One of the first. Completely terrifying. I almost picked it in the remake category, but there's just something about it that just, I could not watch it today. Like these I'm talking about being desensitized to them and just being able to put them on. That one, no thank you. (laughs) I was scared. I was so scared after I watched this movie that I was going to die in seven days. Samara, (laughs) like the girl, anything with a creepy girl in it, I just. I can't do. There's something about the Seattle like setting as well. Mm-hmm. Like spooky, foggy, mm-hmm. fall. Did you see the meme with Naomi Watts reaching into the TV and picking the fly off Michael's yes. head? <laughs> <laughs> I think just all the imagery too, like the horse, the eye, the water behind the ferry, the bloody water, everything, the well, Samara. Ugh. It's it's a great story. It's a great story. It's also really sad when you think about it, like why everything unfolds the way that it Mm -hmm. does. But man, it's just, it's so scary. (laughs) I'm not going crazy, but I'm going influential. And someone we haven't really Mm -hmm. talked about yet, I'm going to take Psycho. Okay. I literally just said in my head, I was like, she might go for that. Yeah. I was thinking Rear Window too, because I like Rear Window better actually than Psycho, but I think Psycho Mm -hmm. is more successful as a horror film if we're thinking of that and its influence. And I have Jamie Lee Curtis on my list. I need her mom, Janet Lee, in the iconic shower scene. Mm -hmm. Bernard Herrmann score. I mean, it's just crazy good. So Psycho will be my last pick. I really want to pick Mandy, the Nicolas Cage demonic weird cult film that came out two years ago maybe it is insane it's so good and this is one where he thrives at this just off the walls story and character Mm -hmm. that would have been my crazy pick i've never seen it and one of my friends recommended it the other day because he just watched it so i know i need to add it to my list that was a such a unique theater experience Uh and just all of the visuals by panos cosmatos i feel like even with the name you just know it's going to be some insane Mm -hmm. greek film okay i think i have to go for rear window i I have to do it i have to give hitchcock some love it's another one of those like first horror movies that i really remember watching that i was just floored by the final sequence i was just so tense my heart was pounding and it inspired the incredible remake disturbia (laughs) which i also love Jimmy Stewart in a wheelchair being a peeping Tom Mm -hmm. in his apartment complex and is just creepy, but well done. It's so good. I love Rear Window. I love that we both picked Hitchcock for our last ones. I think that we had to have some Hitchcock on here. I mean, it was nominated for four Oscars for Hitchcock himself and the writing, cinematography, and then sound. Those four, I think, are the big four in having a really good horror Mm -hmm. movie. And so the fact that they were all nominated just kind of tells that it was one. 
crazy that Hitchcock never won Best Director. Yeah. Doesn't have a competitive Oscar. We can't talk about that. Just terrible. (laughs) So let's run down our lists and then we'll talk about leftovers that we have that were really hard to leave off. So my final list, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Suspiria, The Silence of the Lambs, The Incredible Texas Chainsaw (laughs) Remake with Jessica Biel from 2003, The Shining, The Halloween Remake from 2018, It Follows, The Descent, Shaun of the Dead, The Orphanage, Clue, The Conjuring, Hereditary, Scream 4, and then Black Swan and Rear Window. My list, I have Cat People, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, The Blair Witch Project, Get Out, Rosemary's Baby, Halloween from 1978, Paranormal Activity, Alien, Night of the Living Dead, Audition, Scream, The Exorcist, The Wicker Man, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and The Ring and Psycho. What was left on the cutting room floor for you? (laughs) Okay, my big one for Comedy Camp, I probably should have chosen it because I also love it. It's Happy Death Day and then Happy Death Day to You. Oh, yep. Two great campy horror films with a scary mask, a slasher, serial killer, and just a lot of fun. And this like Groundhog's Day theme to it. Maybe I should have picked that. And then VHS, which I've mentioned before. Another one that I really love. What are some of yours? So a couple of mine, I did want to include Don't Look Now, Carrie, the Brian De Palma movie that was Mm -hmm. one of my original like terrified child movies where I just like the idea of Margaret White just traumatized me, just like her face and just everything about her. Just no thank you. Ma, I did want to kind of go there. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about it. And another like campy one that I thought about that was just really out there 2000s. Have you seen Drag Me to Hell, the Sam Raimi movie? Yes. Yeah. I loved that one. I I watched a YouTube video today about the best horror movies of the decade mm-hmm. or whatnot. And that was on there. I was like, oh, yes, that's what that was. Yeah. It's just great. Yeah. yeah. It's good. I always got that confused with The House of the Devil, which I rewatched yesterday. And that was not the one that I liked. So it was Drag Me to Hell <laughs> that I liked. But I will say Greta Gerwig in... The House of the Devil, it was just fun to see her being herself. Mm-hmm. And you don't really find smart sidekick women characters mm-hmm. in these movies. So to see her playing herself was refreshing, even though she didn't have a great ending. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> if we're thinking newer, The Witch, which I really love, Midsommar, and mm-hmm. also The Strangers. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. That one's scary. Completely. Just, I couldn't watch that at night. No. Yeah. I mean, the international category for me is so, so good. Mm-hmm. I watched Goodnight Mommy last uh-huh. week, which is a German film. Blew me away. It is so good. Yeah. The ending will throw you. It's got some really great visuals, amazing shots. Also, Bong Joon Ho. Yeah. I really wanted to give him some love. The host is an unexpectedly great creature film. Great pandemic film, too. Well, so while you're talking about Bong Joon Ho, I really Mm. should have done this. You did Clue, but Parasite is listed in horror on Hulu. I... I really should have done it. I would have allowed that. I thought about it at one point. I was like, uh, do I put Parasite on here? So he's also made Mother, which is an incredible film. I mean, and then we can talk about Park Chan-wook mm-hmm. and Old Boy, but this kind of gets us into more of a thriller mm-hmm. realm, which I do love, but isn't necessarily horror. There are just so many picks. Rocky Horror Picture Show is still comedy camp, I think. Ready or Not was from last mm-hmm. year. That was so good. I like that one. Do you like Poltergeist? I never really like loved it, but I understand its merits. I think another one, too, that I really liked growing up that was like a staple in my house was The Omen with Gregory Peck. I think I also thought you were going to pick that at some point. I just didn't have room. That in Misery. Yeah, I've never seen the original Omen. Oh, you Mm -hmm. should watch it. We also didn't pick a ton of really gory horror, um, like Saw or Mm -hmm. Hostel or any of those. Not for everyone, for sure, but was definitely a moment in time. In the aughts, if you went to a horror movie, that's what you were going to get. The Invisible Man from this year and the original. I've never seen the original. Mm -hmm. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane is a terrifying film with (laughs) Betty Davis 
and even mother, which is super polarizing. Aronofsky's mother versus Bong Joon-ho's mother. Some other really scary recent ones, we've mentioned Don't Breathe before, but then there's Hush, which is about this deaf girl in a cabin being stalked by this guy in a mask. Speaking of sound, I'm surprised you didn't pick A Quiet Place for 21st century. It was on my list. I mean, the 21st century, my favorites were mostly already taken besides Get Out and A Quiet Place. And I just, I like Get Out better. But it would be a good one for Monster Creature too. Final Destination was a moment. We didn't even go there. Scared me with tanning beds for sure. Good thing I stopped using those in high school. Driving behind trucks with logs, going on roller coasters, just so many things. The Grudge. Yeah. So the original Ringu Mm -hmm. is what The Grudge and then The Ring were based off. I watched the original child's play not so good you didn't like that i haven't seen that one (laughs) no we also didn't talk a lot about the 80s like nightmare on elm street i think is pretty fun Mm -hmm. there are a lot of 80s films but i feel like that's also a hard decade because a lot of it seems outdated in terms of like not even cgi but actual prosthetics that they use and make which haven't aged well some of them i think are really fun and definitely like Mm -hmm. of the time and others are like i tried to do fright night and i couldn't i couldn't do it yeah We put together two great lists. I think that you will definitely have fun watching all of these, any of these. I think we got a good spread, time periods, genres, and also scare level. There are some easier ones on here and some pretty terrifying ones on here. So pick your poison. A lot of fun ones to enjoy this October. There's a big range and I still have plenty to watch, but I I love our lists. Mm -hmm. I'll try to watch most of the ones from our lists too. So next time on Oscar Wilde, we'll be doing a fun little political pod. We're going to be talking about The Trial of the Chicago 7, directed by Aaron Sorkin, a huge Oscar predicted nom, incredible cast. It's based on the real life story of these seven people who were brought to trial because they had started this uprising at the 1968 DNC in Chicago. But then also along with this movie, we're going to talk about The Great Dictator, because of its 80th anniversary coming up, which I love Charlie Chaplin so much. I think he is one of the most important filmmakers that we've had. And this film especially is so poignant and indicative of so many things happening in politics right now. And I know you watched this recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my first time watch. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about both of those. I think that we have one that we can confirm right now is really amazing. And we have one that we're not sure about, but we'll probably have a place (laughs) in award season this year. So I'm looking forward to it. And thank you guys for listening today. We had a lot of fun on this episode. It was a little stressful, but really shouldn't have been because we got most of the movies that we wanted, I think. We did, yeah. So we'll see you next week, everyone. Stay safe and wear your masks. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.